Hi, this is Eric Larson, and you're listening to the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. Greetings, Cap fans, and welcome to episode 116 of the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. This is your host, Rick Verbonis, and I am joined by the best gosh darn co-host out there. That is Mr. Bob Lucius. Oh, Bob. This is the end. Beautiful friend. This is the end. My only friend. The end. Of our elaborate plans. The end. Of everything that stands the end. No safety or surprise the end. I'll never look into your eyes again. I I don't know what to make of that, Rick. I don't know if it's a cry for help. <laughs> uh, <laughs> or you're just a big fan of the doors. I am a big fan of the doors. <laughs> I am a big fan of the doors. That, I open uh, and close them all the time. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, yeah. There you go. It's it's the doors. So um I I figured what a fitting song for for today because it is we are covering Captain America the end. Now, another fitting thing about this song is Bob. Do you know when this song came out? I have no idea. Uh, I had it been in the 60s, right? Uh, it was. It was yeah. actually released in uh, January of 1967. So Jim Morrison and the Doors could have written this song about the end of Tales of Suspense. Because 99, issue 99 uh -huh. of Tales of Suspense, before it became Captain America's right. solo book with issue 100, came out in November of 1967. So... They could have been writing about the end of Tales of Suspense. Makes perfect sense. Right? Yeah. Yeah, both were in 1967. But here we are. We're talking about Captain America, the end, which, um, you know, I thought was the perfect uh, the perfect issue to do to end this year, right? Because this is the last podcast for 2022. Uh, this is coming out on December 28th. And so what better way to finish the year than with Captain America, the end? That makes, again, makes perfect sense, Rick. And uh, as always, as always, you are connecting the dots on a uh, selection of, of what issues we're going to review. And uh, this is an interesting, interesting story, right? Because uh, I've had a, a few folks have mentioned it in the Facebook group, but I don't think it's widely known. And so I think it's it's appropriate as a maybe even as a Christmas gift to our listeners to introduce them to the story. Yeah. And I, I agree a hundred percent. I think it's, it's not a well-known story. Um, you know, Marvel did the, the series of the end one shots and these, I, I, I'm trying to remember which one was first. Was it Hulk? Um, I, I think it was, you know, the Hulk maybe, or no, 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 maybe uh, there, there was a fantastic four, six issue limited series that came out that might've, might've been the first one. I don't know. But um, what they did was Marvel decided to make these 
some of them were one issue, one, you know, one shot. Some of them were six issue limited series. Like there was, there was a Marvel, the end six issue limited series. Uh, there was a Wolverine had the end a six issue limited series X-Men um, did one as well. But then there was all these series of one shots. I think Hulk was the first one. Then they did like an Iron Man. Um, the, these, what they did was they brought back these creators that were really well known for those characters. So, so like Peter David, um, who was well known for, for doing, uh, the Hulk and, and Dale Keown, an artist came back to, to do, um, Hulk the end. It was a really cool story. Um, then gosh, uh, Punisher, the end came back. That was Garth Ennis. Right. So he was really well known for doing that um, when they did the uh, the X-Men, the end, it was written by Chris Claremont. Right. So you have you have all these uh, creators who have been really well known with their characters to come back and like, all right, here's how I'm going to do the last story for this character. So you may be wondering who is the creator for Captain America, the end? Well, was it someone was it, was it, uh, Mark Wade? No, not Mark Wade. Oh, no, huh? No. Um, uh, maybe, uh, oh, gosh. Ed Brubaker? Uh, Ed Brubaker? Yeah, that no. makes sense. No, no, no. No. The, the, uh, was it, uh, Demetrius? No, no, JM did not come back for this one. Huh. Neither, no, it wasn't Steve Engelhart. Uh, it wasn't any of those. It was Eric Larson. What? I know. Eric Larson, you're like, well, he doesn't have anything associated with Captain America at the end. No, he doesn't. But he is a fan of the character. And he wrote this, wrote and drew. He did, you know, the the uh, the pencils, the inks for this, this story, the end. And you know what, Bob? I'm excited to announce that we will have Eric Larson on next episode to bring on to discuss this issue because there's a lot of questions I have uh, about what was the genesis behind this story? Like, why did you, you know, want to do this story? Um, and, you know, obviously he, he has a huge influence by Jack Kirby because in my mind, like this is totally a Jack Kirby story. The way it's mm-hmm. written, the way it's laid out, the, 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 the fight scenes, everything about it screams Jack Kirby and maybe yeah. even a little Starenko. I would love to talk to him about his influences there yeah. and, and get to, to some of the other things behind this story. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, me too. I think it's, it's really exciting. He, he's a, he's an interesting character and in his own right. And we don't often get a chance to talk to uh, a, a, a creative team that is well, one and the same person, right? Somebody who writes and pencils and inks uh, their own stories. I think, you know, maybe um, maybe Ron Garney did a little bit of that, but uh, who else mm-hmm. have we talked to that has done both sides of the creative team? I I can't think of uh, anyone else. Yeah, that's a good point. I I, you know, I mean, obviously John Byrne. I mean, not somebody we've talked to, but <clears throat> right, yeah, you know, John Byrne had done both. Um, Jack Kirby had done both. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm just thinking of Captain America. Stranko you know. did both, right? In some in some issues. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Although John Byrne didn't do both for Captain America, but he certainly has done both for you know his his own creations and some other things, you know, Fantastic Four and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, so it'd be really cool talking with Eric Larson. Now, you might some of you who are you know diehard 
Captain America fans and are like, ah, the name's familiar. Where, where do I know Eric Larson from? Um, well, his early work with Marvel, he did a lot of uh, Spider-Man. In fact, he he followed Todd McFarlane uh, on Amazing Spider-Man. Then he followed Todd McFarlane on the Spider-Man series. Um, but then he was part of the the group that launched Image Comics back in 1992. So with Todd McFarlane, Jim Lee, Rob Liefeld, Mark Sylvester, Jim Valentino, Eric Larson was part of that group that that went ahead and, and launched Image Comics. He also had at some point become a publisher for Image Comics. Um, his his big creation is, is known as Savage Dragon, which uh, has been going on for 30 years and you know will eventually uh, be, surpass uh, maybe like Dave Sims' Cerebus as as the as a, crea- a creation that has been done by only one character, one creator for for all these all this time all these issues so um so he's he's a prolific uh creator um writer artist publisher and and we're excited to have him on next episode rick i'm I'm like stunned i was just getting ready to say prolific and it's like you read my mind we're we're really in sync now (laughs) we are (laughs) indeed uh so how how are the holidays for you bob you know, uh, interesting. It's always interesting. You know, I went on a big trip. Uh, I went on a big trip to Africa and then came back and, uh, of course, uh, spent time with the in-laws. So really two different types of safaris. Um, so, you know, <laughs> two different types of wild bees. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, uh, yeah. So uh, good. And you and yours? Always great. Always yeah. a good time. Family and friends can't, can't get any better than that. Yeah. Uh, all right, so um, finishing up the year, uh, do do you have any New Year's resolutions for for next year? Whew. Well, um, you know, I've been given a few by my wife. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure those count as resolutions as much as uh, you know, sort of been voluntold to do some things. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know, Rick. You know, I, I think. She, she does make a good point. She wants me to clean out the garage. And, and I mm-hmm. think as most, probably most people who are listening, um, who are, you know, comic book people, we're also, we also tend to be collector people in some ways, whether it's hoarders, uh, hoarders of, you know, whether it's boxes of Funkos or boxes for statues or uh, other sorts of collectibles, you know, I storm in the garage out of the way, uh, mm-hmm. uh, out from prying eyes. And, uh, and now the time has, so the chickens are coming home to roost for me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so she wants that garage uh, cleaned out so that my, my son who, who just turned 13 uh, in December this mm-hmm. month, uh, so that he can have a little bit of a, a gym in there. You know, he's, he's uh-huh. starting, he's starting to get into working out and playing sports, you know? And so she wants to make that into a nice gym that the neighborhood boys can come over and hang out. So they're not out smoking cigs on the street corner, I guess. I don't know. Uh-huh. You know standing team, against lampposts. Right, standing against the lamppost, smoking cigs, you know, uh-huh. uh, cat calling, you know, women as they walk by, which apparently teenagers do. I don't know, but that's what she's worried about. So she wants them, uh, wants them in the garage, which means I got to like take care of all these boxes. So yeah. uh, that's going to be a big resolution for me, man, is to, is to do this in a way that doesn't get me in trouble. Well, yeah, and you'd also don't want the stuff in the garage, so because the the boys will be going through it. Oh, <laughs> that's right. That's you know right. what I mean? Yeah. All right. So that yeah. I, wow, I haven't thought about this in years. So, um, back when I was, hmm, I don't know, 
somewhere in that 10 to 12 range. I, we, we moved neighborhoods, you know, across town and, uh, but I went to the same school. So the bus was dropping me off at the old neighborhood. So what would we, we would do is I would stay at this lady's house who took kids in after school and my mom would, or dad would come pick me up when they got off work. And so, you know, I didn't have a lot of like, you know, the other kids were younger or whatever, stuff like that. So I, uh, I would hang out in their basement and it was semi-finished. Well, what the, what the guy, the, the dad had downstairs, he had filing cabinets and you know what was in the filing cabinets, Bob? Tell me there were Playboy magazines, Rick. Bingo. <laughs> We're talking, we're talking like oh years and years and years of Playboys filed in these filing cabinets. So I would just go down after school every day and I would go Beautiful. through the Playboys and I was reading the cartoons. I was like, you know, all that stuff. Right, and then, yeah. and the then eventually, yeah. yeah, I was reading the articles. <laughs> and then, and then eventually like, you know, the mom would be at the top of the steps, you know, and the door would open and like start to come downstairs. So I would fling these things behind the couch. <laughs> <laughs> so Bob, oh anyway, God. yeah. Don't don't keep your playboys in the no, garage. No. Yeah, no. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's good advice. I'm I'm here to help. <laughs> I'm running I'm... out of places, man. I'm crying out loud. This is <laughs> <laughs> Well, you you know, you have to get a storage unit and uh you're right yeah yeah you know, probably you know save it as uh hopefully it's like discreet on the credit card receipt <laughs> rick have you seen the i don't know i don't know if this is a trend in other parts of the country but you know i live in a part of florida you know i'm not a, i'm not a wealthy guy right i'm not I, i'm just middle class and uh but i live in a part of florida that is considered one of the wealthiest parts of the country i, I live in north naples which is the unincorporated you know part of, of Naples mm -hmm. that's in Collier County, but Naples proper, uh, which isn't a very large area and it's right on the water, is a very wealthy enclave. And so they have a lot of these storage facilities where people can park their very high end cars, you know, their DeLorean, not DeLoreans, they're, uh, they're um, <laughs> you know, going back in a time machine, go back in a time machine, right? But you know, the, the, the Maseratis or the, you know, the Lamborghinis, the Ferraris, but they they they're now building these storage facilities where there's a garage on the bottom, um, but there it's like two stories, mm -hmm. and uh, they have like there's like a sleeping area, there's a small kitchenette, uh, and people are using them not just for cars but for like you know for their collections of whatever. But mm -hmm. it's sort of like a man cave, but it is like a secure facility man cave that is like protected against hurricanes and tornadoes oh, nice. yeah you know and it's they're they're kind of expensive as you might surmise but uh, that's like a real trend down here to have these sort of remote man caves for people to park their cars and collections and whatever else their mistresses i guess i don't know but, uh, yeah. <laughs> i like that that's, that's yeah. pretty cool so right. but you could get one but instead of putting uh the ferrari you could put your pontiac fiero <laughs> Right, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. My Honda Del Sol. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, yeah. You know, that actually reminds me. I, I saw and, and I'm sure some of our listeners who've been to like the various Facebook groups uh, on, for comics probably have seen this meme. And I actually shared it with my wife. She thought it was funny. And it says, my biggest fear in life is that after I die, 
my wife will sell my comic collection for what I told her I paid for it. <laughs> I love that one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, you know what? Let's let's get to the end, Bob. Let's get to the end. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, so this this particular one shot came out uh, February of 2020. So it's it's uh, you know it's still relatively new, uh, and it had um, as I mentioned the, the creators. Eric Larson. He's a writer. He's a penciler. He's the anchor. Um, the colorist is a uh, someone I have not heard of before. Uh, Adano Sanchez Almera. The letterer, of course, we've heard of Joe Caramanga, right? He's he's been around for a while. And the editor, uh, Jordan D. White and Chris Robinson. Now, the cover. There are two covers, by the way. Um, the main cover is done by someone who just like the art is just. The name is R- Raza, so it's R A H Z Z A H. It's just, I, R- but that that's a that's a a pseudonym, right? I'm sure it is. Yeah, I don't know for, who it is. Yeah, well, I think I I read someplace, uh, maybe it was on Marvel fandom that the guy's real name is Scott Wilson, and huh. he goes by Raza in, in some instances. So. Yes, you are. You're correct. I'm looking at now. He he actually has. Uh, he also goes by Raza Murdoch. Uh, he's gone by Razmataz. Oh, I like that. And then just Raza with a R A Z Z A. He's from Panama. Oh, Panama. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. All right. So <laughs> I got to talk about that, right? So um, obviously Van Halen, classic Van Halen. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, uh, Panama. Awesome song. Do you remember the Drew Carey show? Of course, yeah. Okay, okay. So, yeah. uh, and 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 there was uh, always this, uh, you know, uh, ongoing feud between him and Mimi. Right, Mimi. Right? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. And so there is a part where it turned out that his home was like partly owned by the company he worked for. And he left the company or something. I, I could be mem- misremembering this, whatever. But all I know is they took half his home. They they cut his home in half, right? So left and right. Yeah. And so leaving, it was like, okay, we're, we're taking half your home. Like it was just a big lawsuit. And they, this is how they decided, uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. So there, he, he's squatting. He's not leaving. And his friends are there and it's cold. So they have like this big plastic tarp that's, you know, on the outside, you know, 
as the other part of the wall, basically to, to right. keep the weather out, but they're still cold, right? They're sitting there, they're freezing. And so Mimi was charged by the company to get him out of the house, <laughs> which she just, well, was gleefully wanting to do. So she gets these at night, you know, it's almost like the, that, that type of torture where they don't let people sleep, you know, like just yeah, they play loud right, music, they right, play lights, yeah. whatever. And so she was doing that. And then she had like a megaphone. So she was like, she would have the spotlights on and then she would play Panama by Van Halen. Yeah. And then, then he, she would play Panama by Van Halen. And yeah. then she'd play Panama by Van Halen. <laughs> she's just rocking it really loud. And then, you know, she'd be on the speakerphone. She's like, and that was Panama by Van Halen. Coming up next, <laughs> Panama by Van Halen. <laughs> so so now every time I, I see Panama, I think of that Drew Carey episode. Now, was that based on a, a real, that was based on real life though, right? I think if I'm not mistaken, what I know was? we- I know <laughs> Half we, the house? No, but I know that we used- the blaring of very loud music uh, in the invasion of Panama uh, when we took over Panama and booted Manuel Noriega out. Look at you bringing this all back to like- But I I, I don't, I'm not sure, but they might have actually played Panama. I'm not sure if it had come out yet. Um, And I can't remember the names of the songs, but they set up these giant ass speakers. The army did, the US army, and actually blared music outside the presidential palace to like uh, drive the uh, drive the occupants who were holed up in there, I think. Oh, uh, that's too funny. Loco, so. Yeah. Uh, well, I could tell you uh, the, the song Panama came out in 1984. Yeah, well, it's possible then. It's possible because uh, this was during, uh, gosh, who was president at the time? It, had, it was the first Bush, I think, but. Uh, oh, the, yeah. well, that would have been in 88, right? For Yeah, well, for yeah, Bush. So, yeah. Yeah, so. yeah. You, you know how I know the the album? I mean, how the uh, the song Panama came out in nineteen eighty four. You know how I know that? No, I don't. Because it was on the I uh, was on the album titled nineteen eighty four. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, there you yeah. go. <laughs> okay. All right, should we get back to the comic? Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, James. Yeah, I swear you and your tangents. <laughs> um. <laughs> so, the. The cover uh, by uh, Raza or Razmataz uh, is pretty cool. It is, it's a big uh, skull uh, and it's red. And you have Captain America and his shield busting through the skull. So the bottom half of the skull underneath the nose, everything is shattering. The bones are just shattering. So it's a pretty, it's a pretty cool cover. I think it really is. Yeah. Now, the one I got in my personal collection, I got I got the the variant edition by Eric Larson, which is so Jack Kirby-ish. It, there's all these red skulls uh in a in a mob, um, you know, screaming and a fire behind them and smoke billowing, and you see Cap jumping over top of them with the shield held high. But he he has a very determined, grizzled face. But but you look at it and you go, oh, that's Eric Larson. But you look at it and you go, but that but that stance is Jack Kirby. So it's pretty cool. You're right, and the skulls look very very Kirby esque. Yeah, yeah. So should we uh, read the solicitation? Oh please. The final Captain America story. 
Steve Rogers fights for survival in a post-apocalyptic wasteland populated by hordes of red skulls. Legendary writer-artist Eric Larson returns to Marvel for an oversized last tale of Simon and Kirby's American hero. Now, I'm glad in the solicitation they say Simon and Kirby. And I think they may have done that on purpose to put Simon and Kirby in the solicitation. They don't normally do that. So I think they did that on purpose because the book had already been to the press in the printer by this time. And if you go to the very, very last page on the credits for, for this, uh, at the very bottom of the credits, it says oh, yeah. Captain America created by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. And so that's obviously wrong. It's Joe Simon and Jack Kirby. Right. Um, yeah. So they got that wrong in here. So I think that's why they put that in the solicitation, which, you know, comes out after the book had already yeah. been to the press. Right. Good that's my there. guess. Good. No, I think that makes absolute sense. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we get to the opening splash page. And. I'll read the top. The world is not as it was. Earth, as we know it, has changed in strange and inexplicable ways. This is the star-spangled Avengers most desperate hour. And it may very well mean the end of Captain America. And I just want to point out that throughout this entire issue, um, there is, you know, little blurbs that are read to uh, describe what's going on, right? Uh, and it's not from first person. It is not from Steve. It's it's uh, third person here. But each one of the little blocks is done separately to kind of punctuate what is being said. And every single one of them, the first letter is done in this larger font in red to kind of make it stand out. I want to ask Eric about that. Like, was that something that he had, uh, you know, uh, discussed with, with the letterer, Joe Caramanga, or, you know, what was the purpose behind that? Hmm. That's a great, great attention to detail. Rick. So we see Captain America and he's in uh, a building, it looks like, or maybe an underground and it's all decayed. There's rumbled, you know, crumbled, uh, uh, rocks everywhere, but, you know, things falling apart, the walls are collapsing and, and so on. And you see these characters coming at, but, uh, at him and, and he's, you know, dressed in his full Captain America garb. He's got his shield up, uh, but he's being attacked. Someone's jumping on him and it's the Red Skull, Bob. It does look like the Red Skull, certainly, but, but that's confusing in this instance, Rick. Why is that? Well, because it looks like there's a bunch of red skulls far behind trying to run do and catch we? up. I th they're, but they're shadowed, Bob. We can't they make are. them out. We, we can't, can't but make... they do have bulbous red heads. Okay, but that Not could that be I anybody. I want to cast dispersions. That could be anyone, Bob. We don't know that. <laughs> we don't. We don't know that. Yeah. So I'll, I'll read the captions. It's all going to hell. All of it. Everything they warned us about and more. It's all come to pass. A global climate catastrophe, war, disease, famine, all of it. 
and the the Red Skull is yelling, Captain America. Trust me, you don't want any part of this. And then wowzers, Bob, we turn the page and it is a double page splash. Can you describe to the listeners what is going on in this humongous double page? <laughs> it's, splash? it's it's tough to describe, Rick, right? I mean, it it is it is a, an, an explosion of action with with cap in the middle. Right. With his with his shield, you know, in one hand and his fist raised in the other. And he is suspended in the middle of this panel uh, and then all around him in every direction. You see red skulls uh, and, you know, you see young girls, you see men, you see women. I mean, there's 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 a red skull in a bikini for crying out loud. Right. And uh, they're all you know, in motion in different ways, all either coming toward him or being being thrown back from him, obviously, after they've been, you know, struck or rebuffed with his shield. Uh, and they're all desperate to kill him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Very good point. I didn't notice the one in the, in the bikini, Bob. Thanks for pointing well, that I, out. I, I try to, I try to like look for those sorts of details, right? Yeah, of course I noticed that. Yeah. And, and <laughs> er, Eric Larson is known for drawing, um, shall we say, buxom, buxom women. Nice. Yeah. 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 That's a word you don't hear much anymore. Good job. Yes. Well, when I see them, that's the first <laughs> word that comes to mind. Like, wow, that's buxom. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. And he, he, he's battling all these different red skulls. And it is, I got to tell you, it is a little creepy seeing a woman in a, a bikini, a buxom woman in a bikini with a red skull head. Right. Yeah. And it's little, creepy, right? It is. And a little girl and like a little, you know, a little pleated mini skirt. Well, and I don't know, Bob. I don't know how little she is. She's buxom too. Well, she is buxom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They grow young these days, but, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you're right. It's, it's, I mean, these are all, and they look like regular people, but they've all got red skull heads. Earthquakes nearly leveled Manhattan earthquakes. Nothing made sense anymore. New York wasn't supposed to have earthquakes. The oceans weren't supposed to rise. None of this was supposed to happen. It's a nightmare world. The Red Skull is dead. He's dead. And yet, here he is. And so we see uh, they're all yelling, kill, kill, dead Get back, all of you. This is not one of us. Get him. And then we cut to him just hitting, you know, punching his way through. And uh, this has four panels uh, to this page. They're all equally the same size. The air is thick and hot. Everything is sticky. The smell is inescapable. It's everywhere. Food is in short supply. Water. And every man, woman, and child is trying to kill him. And so maybe they're in a, an office building. It looks like maybe they're in a yeah because now are. yeah that's what it looks like maybe yeah yeah and and, and he's this one tackles cap and crashes they crash to a window uh which they're going inside the you know this office building going to you know the floor which they look like they're a few stories up this one attacks without hesitation he's not even thinking about where we are they're not human not in any way he remembers humans they don't move like humans. They don't think like humans. They move as one. 
they think is one. On the few occasions he's seen a survivor, it's fleeting. They turn with a scratch, a touch, a smell, anything. And when he says they turn, he turned, they turn into red skulls. Mm. So then we cut to the next page. And this one really reminds me of a Jack Kirby 1967 style uh, comic, right? Because there's nine panels and they're all equal, three, three by three. And they're all the same size. And you see Cap in each one of these full body in a fighting pose. He's he's hitting this one with a shield. He's giving this one a right hook. Uh, he's getting hit from behind on this one. He's tumbling here, but he's kicking up on that one. And now he's attacking with this one fist forward. And then he lands, right? I mean, do you get the same impression? I do. The pacing is very much like the old of the old 1960s, you know, uh, the way the, the the layout, but the pacing of the action, the the posing, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, you're right. Very, very Kirby-esque. Got him. I got him. Not this time. Not even when the odds are so bleak. Not when the stakes are so high. Bah! You fight a war you cannot hope to win, Captain America. There is always hope, Skull, no matter the odds. This is war, but it's a war worth waging. Because the world itself hangs in the balance. Because freedom hangs in the balance. And as long as there is a breath in this body, there is hope. And I will fight to... Uh-oh. What happened, Bob? Crack! He falls through the floor, Rick. Yeah. And he falls really far. One man against the world. One man. I'm in a free fall. Nothing to cling to. No way to stop. Wait. A wall. Need to push off it and there. And he takes his shield and he chunks it into the to the wall to stop his fall. I'm saved. But for how long? How long has it been? Months? Years? One day becomes another. The red skull is dead. He's dead. I've arrived at some kind of sub-basement. I don't hear them anymore. This place must be unknown to them. But from the look of things, it's as broken and damaged as anything else. Maybe, maybe I can get a moment's rest at last. A muffled cough, a tinkle of glass. Somebody's there, hiding. That sound. And he kicks open uh, like, a, like a part of a wall. It makes a noise, Bob. Brack! Who goes there? Come out, whoever you are. Again, that smell, damp, mold, sweat. And who's there, Bob? There looks to be about six individuals of, uh, of, of different you know, ages and uh, ethnicities. Um, and, and it looks, they're human. They're not red skulls, Rick. Yeah. So you have uh, an older man, uh, kind of bald with uh, you know long white beard and uh, kind of hanging from, you know, behind his ears a little bit, uh, wearing some glasses and he's holding a pistol. And then behind him are, looks like some young kids and maybe some teenagers. And like you said, different nationalities, different genders. And the older man says, stay back. I have a gun. Don't shoot. Don't shoot. It's, it's, it's Captain America. They're frightened as they should be. This world no longer welcomes their kind. It's no longer welcomes anyone human you 
you're alive. You're fine. You haven't been infected. How? When the sirens sounded, we went down into the shelter. What's happened? What's happened to the world? Then you don't know. We knew it was bad. We heard the sounds, the, the screaming. We locked the doors and prayed. It's all we could do. You're Captain America. And then we cut to a little time later, and they're sitting around a campfire. And he says, and Cap explains how it got to this. It was the Red Skull. I defeated him. He was dead. This time, for sure. The deadly mist he created was released over New York. I managed to blow it out to sea in a last-ditch effort, but it didn't go away. The heat, the weather, became the perfect breeding ground. Somehow, it mutated. It became some kind of virus. The effect looked the same. It still transformed its victims like before. The skin on their faces became red, hair fell out. But it doesn't kill. It brings madness. And at this point, Cap's sitting there against the wall. He's got his knees up and his arms crossed his knees. He's resting. But he has his mask off, Bob. And this he is does. the first time yeah. we're seeing him. And wow, he's aged. Haven't we all, Rick? <laughs> I mean, he's still physically fit like he you know, if you had the mask on, you wouldn't know any difference or you didn't see his eyes. But yeah, he's he's got a receding hairline and it's white hair and he's got wrinkles. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. So we'll have to maybe ask Eric about that. Like, you know, when did this take place? Because the super soldier serum keeps him young, right? right. Um, is this really, really far into the future or is this... Um, does it you know, keep them young, Rick, or does it just, is it a lot like, uh, you know, the, um, was it the Infinity Serum? What is it that Nick Fury Yeah, has, yeah, Infinity. Right? Yeah, yeah. Right. You know, that uh, it it slows the process. So this could, yeah. you know, this could be well, that's my point. way into the future, right? That's my point. It, it, yeah, yeah it, it, it slows the process. So in order for the process to, did the process, is this way, way in the future, or did the process get sped up because of, whatever you know being with the mist or i don't right. know I'm, yeah. I'm curious so the 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 older man says but there's a cure surely there's a cure scientists doctors searched frantically people were quarantined doctors and scientists worked tirelessly but it spread too quickly a cough a scratch a smell hell breathing the very air brought madness and somehow and somehow each of the infected is able to communicate with the others, like they have some kind of hive mind. They lost every shred of their individuality, and they worked in tandem with a shared goal. Replicate. Spread the disease. Total world domination. My God. But you're going to save us, won't you? You're going to fix the world and make it everything better again, aren't you? And then, just then... A horde of red skulls come crashing in. They found them. There he is. There's Captain America. And there are others. They must join the order or die. Blast. They followed me. I led them right to you. That's enough of that, skull. And he hits one of them 
in the face. Splang! They move as one, single-minded. Interesting enough, Bob. Now, like now, they have mm-hmm. weapons, right? They so they're, they're yeah. firing. But one of them, one of them, looks like he he's uh, right, right? Maybe he's the the Green Goblin or yeah. the Hobgoblin, or he's riding one of. The green goblins or hobgoblins uh, flying bats. Right. Is that a nod maybe to his uh, his his time on Spider-Man? Perhaps. Maybe. Maybe. We'll have to ask about that. And then Cap's throwing his shield. And I, I like this this next panel where all you see is Cap's punch, and then you see an arm underneath of the person receiving it, but that's all you see. You see his arm and you see the other arm. And then there's like this big, you know, action starburst kind of speed lines. And then the, the sound effect pow with an exclamation point, which is jumping off the panel. I love that. That's so old school. It is. It is awesome. He moves as one as well. One captain America, a scratch, a touch, a smell, and he's gone. One of the kids gets converted. Donnie. Donnie. Donnie's gone. And you see the hair start to fall out. And the, 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 the head turned into a red skull. All will be lost unless he acts swiftly. Blast. We've lost him. Donnie's been assimilated. Grab the girl. And he throws the shield to protect. And it makes a noise. Others transform before his eyes. One minute they're human, and the next, they're one of the New World Order. And then we we see a close-up, and we finally see like all the wrinkles around Cap's blue eyes. You and your fascist mob won't win this day, tyrant. Not while Captain America lives. Not while there's a pulse racing through my veins. I'll fight for freedom until my dying breath. Feel the stings of my fists, fascist. They're the fist of a man who would die for liberty. But Marsha, the girl who was talking to him before, uh, she gets hit with a bullet. The girl's been shot. She's as good as dead. She's useless to the cause. She's only so much meat now, fit only for the stew pot. Ooh. What's the stew pot, Bob? Wow, uh, they've taken it to a whole new level. Uh, <laughs> you know, you either assimilate or you are assimilated, I guess. Soil and green is people. <laughs> <laughs> Keep away from her, you goals. She's lost a lot of blood, Abe. Apply pressure. I'll get my kit from Carl's backpack and get her stitched up. What's your blood type? And the, the little little Asian girl, she says, she'll be okay. Marsha will be okay. Won't she, Dr. Jacobs? Get your kid, Abe. I'm a universal donor. O negative. Oh, thank God. Keep applying pressure to the wound. I'll be right back with the blood transfusion kit. All right. I didn't know Cap's O negative. Did you know that? I, I didn't. I didn't know that. Um, and it, you know, I, I I do. This is something I want to ask. Um, I definitely want to ask Eric Larson about um, that 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 choice, that narrative choice, and if that 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 means something larger. You know, Cap being the universal donor. What is, yeah. what does that mean? 
But no, I don't think we've ever heard that before. I'm curious if, if he had done some research and, and came up with that or found that or or did he come up with that for the purpose of the story? Uh, so Abe's coming with the med kit, but uh, he's being um, as he's getting the med kit from the backpack of one of his fallen friends. Keep your filthy hands off me, Jew. Your kind doesn't deserve assimilation. You deserve only. But Cap doesn't. That doesn't stand for that. Throws a shield right in his face. <laughs> Dr. Jacobs closes the girl's wound. She'll live. The girl will live. This, is, this could have gone a lot worse. We still need to hurry. The others won't stay unconscious forever. She'll be okay, won't she? It's looking good, darling. Don't worry about your friend. What is this? <laughs> Don't run, little girl. Come closer. Stay away from me. And then Cap throws a shield at that one. Zing! All while he's getting a blood transfusion. Now as he's laying down. <laughs> the rest of the operation goes without incident. It's war. And Captain America is a soldier. But he can't bring himself to kill this enemy. There's a cure. There has to be a cure. He won't give up hope. He won't give up into despair. He has others to worry about now. There is hope. There is hope. They're getting on some sort of, you know, man-made kind of like little raft, you know, and he's he's kind of pushing along in the in the New York Harbor. But from behind, the uh the Red Skulls show up with their with their machine guns and they're firing. Shoot them, kill them, fire, fire, don't let them escape. The cap's protecting him with the shield. Rick, do you recognize that panel? It's an homage, right? Yeah. What is that too? You know, I, I I can't remember if you know what issue it's from, but I know there's this classic, you know, I think it was a dynamic forces poster that came out in 99. Mm -hmm. And it was uh Alex Ross finishing uh finishes to a Jack Kirby uh pencils. Mm. Mm -hmm. uh, and it has like the Nazi, you know, the Nazi officer uh, with the, he's on the other side, of course, in, in the poster. But he's got that same expression on his face and he's pointing at Cap and Bucky uh, oh, yeah? and yelling for the troops. And it's yeah, I think this is uh, an homage to at least that poster, if not uh, a similar panel uh, further back. Nice. He's guided by instinct. Some inner voice drives Captain America onward. And they're going by the, the a fallen Statue of Liberty. Those damn dirty red skulls. <laughs> All right. I, I have to ask, did why did they topple the Statue of Liberty? I, I guess maybe because of what it stands for. And they were like, you know, we're not gonna we're gonna we're gonna ruin your monuments, I guess. Yeah, or or I don't know, you know, there were earthquakes and, and oh, the yeah, seas yeah. rose. So maybe, I mean, you know, just like in Planet of the Apes, you know, when they stumbled upon that, it was just the forces of nature. I got that reference. <laughs> Did you get that reference? I got that reference. Right? Yeah, okay. Thousands have died in the field. Millions. The new world order doesn't care about the individual. It cares about the whole, the movement. Let the weak die and the strong survive. Oy vey, did you know this was here? I didn't, but it had to be somewhere. What's he talking about, Bob? 
It's uh, it looks to be a shield helicarrier that is uh, resting uh, at an angle, you know, on its on its side in the in the middle of the harbor. Yeah, and it's a really nice uh, two thirds page splash, right? A huge panel devoted to um, this crashed helicarrier, uh, which you know deserves because it's such a, a ginormous. Ginormous? Absolutely. Why not? Did I just, did I just make that up? It's a good word. I, I've heard I that a, before, though. I, I, it's gigantic, enormous, ginormous. Yeah. I had a student this week uh, write a word in an essay that I, I was unfamiliar with. He he used the word scrummaged. And I thought scrummaged. It was, this it's it's a it's a combination of scavenged and rummaged. Huh. Yeah, which I I'd never seen before. And at first I was like, well, that's a that's a typo. And then I was like, <laughs> but a clever one. I'm going to give him, I'm not going to, uh, uh, you know, take points away for that one. Cause I'm going to start using that. Uh, that's cool. What is that thing? It's a shield helicarrier. It's been sitting here rusting for God only knows how long I should go in. There are things we can use inside this broken hull. Ah, it's broken Hulk, not hull. I would think hull, right? Cause it's a ship. It is, but it's a it's a hulk of a, a yeah. piece of machinery. All right, so I got to fix that. All right, weapons, medical equipment, possibly food as well. Then, by all means, let's go inside. Stay back. It's dangerous. This thing is likely booby trapped six ways from Sunday. We can't stay out here alone. And then he gets fired on. He puts his shield up. Cripes. But then he leads towards the guns and knocks them down and it makes a loud noise, Bob. A fracoon! There's likely to be a lot more where that came from. I need you to protect the others, Abe. Marsha and Sarah need you here. Can you do that for me? Okay, Cap. Whatever you say. And Cap goes deeper into the helicarrier. I keep forgetting that not everybody takes kindly to being ordered around. Abe Jacobs is a good man. I shouldn't yell at him like he was a foot soldier at my command. The heat rises with every step. There's an audible hum, a buzz, pressure. Somebody, something is in here. And then we cut to the next page, and it's a full page splash. Now, Bob, what are we seeing here? This is really is an incredible page, Rick. Uh, it is. Uh, it appears to be anyway, Modoc, but not just any Modoc, right? Mm -hmm. It's Modoc who has clearly been infected by by whatever this mutagenic mist, this virus that the Red Skull had in, unleashed, and, and his big fat head is now a big fat Red Skull head in his floating chair. And he's all like, he's got all these cables and wires plugged into his big fat brain. Uh, and he's surrounded by machinery and everything is, you know, it's like the Kirby crackle behind him, right? It's all yeah, purplish, totally. right? And uh, and so it, you can feel this area is just humming with energy. And at the center, center of it, of course, is this Red Skull Modoc. Yeah, and I can't wait to talk to Eric about this because I want to ask him, did he get the idea of this from the cover to Captain America 289? So Captain America 289, uh, it was the 
it was the last part of the Deathlock Live story, but it was the assistant editor's month. And on the cover, there's uh, all of the creators in the Marvel building looking out a window and who is there but a Red Skull version of MODOK holding a defeated Captain America and they're calling him Mo Skull. And uh, I, I'm just curious. I have to right. ask. You yeah. know, did, was course, that the, yeah. was that the impetus for this? Because yeah. uh, because uh, that, that that was kind of like a joke, right? You were a fool to come here, Captain America. You should have stayed at hiding. Even now, the new world order is closing in on this location. Soon, your pitiful allies will be assimilated or killed. It is inevitable. We are one. We are many. We are unstoppable, invincible, absolute. We are supreme. I am the eyes of the New World Order. They are mine. They see what I see. I see what they see. There is no escape. Surrender yourself, American swine. Never. And then we cut to the next page. And then the little mind blast that comes from the band around Modoc's head fires and Cap puts his shield up. Then die. I know you want to make that sound, Bob. Oh, you know it. Okay. Zack, Zack. <laughs> Very nice. Not this time, Modoc. Not ever. I was born a free man, and I will die a free man. Die, die, die. I'm an American. And I will fight against tyranny and oppression in all of its forms. I will fight for the American dream, for life, liberty, democracy, and freedom. You fight a losing battle. All will be assimilated. We are one. We are all. Surrender to the new world order. I'll never surrender. Not to you. Not to anyone. And then he takes his shield in both his hands, heaves it over his head, to come down on Modoc with the shield directly between his eyes and putting it halfway in to the skull's head. I am a free man and freedom will never die. And with that, the soldier does what he must, as painful as it may be. The dying villain slides back against the pulsating heart of the crippled craft. His own mind blast had set off an unstoppable chain of events. Pressure builds. Cracked seals fail. Gases escape. Until the inevitable. Doom! There's a big explosion. Cap goes flying. And he lands. And then he comes to. And he thinks to himself. It's not over. I can smell the fumes, hear the ticking, feel the temperature building. And there's an explosion. <laughs> he has seconds to act. Less than seconds. And then he goes to back to the opening where he left his, his uh, friends. What's happening? Abe, Marcia, Sarah, get down. And he jumps on them and takes them clear of the explosion. Makes a loud noise. 
and they all go falling out into the rocks. And when Cap comes to, he wakes surrounded, a scratch, a touch, a smell. Oh, no. And we see the little Asian girl. What's her name? Ooh, uh, ah. Sarah. Sarah? I thought Sarah. Sarah was the other one. Is it? No, Marsha and Sarah. Okay. It's always Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Marsha. <laughs> anyway, so we see her head turning red and, and hairs falling out. And then Abe has already turned and he's got a rock in his hand and he's about to crush Cap. Now Cap's been injured, Bob. He's got he's got some shrapnel in his in his leg. It's, it's like a big, big chunk of metal. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a like a steak almost. Oh no, Abe. His only weapon, shrapnel, embedded in his thigh. And he takes it and he stabs it in Abe's leg. He won't kill his friends. No. They, however, have no such reservations. So he grabs Marsha? Marsha. And uh, picks her up and, and runs with her. She's still human, Rick. Yeah. They haven't gotten to her, I guess. Mm. Look out. He's punching his way through it. Damn it. What happened to them? Without Modoc pulling their strings, they seem to have lost their voice, but their resolve remains. Kill everyone different. And I like this. He's got her in her his arms, both arms. So he runs up, puts his legs in front of himself, and kicks uh, like a domino effect of four different skulls. Yeah, he's like flying laterally across yeah. the ground, right? Uh, yeah, it's, a, it's pretty cool. Infect if they can, kill if they can't. And he's running up to the, the top of this rubble that's all piled, you know, to get to the very, very top to get the high ground. We're all that's left. Trapped, nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. And he keeps fighting them off, protecting her. Back, you monsters. Get back. Their numbers are without end. Their final directive draws them here. Their mission locked in their savage, unreasonable minds. His defeat is inevitable. Already he grows weary. While their ranks are continuously refreshed and replenished. And one thought gnaws at his very soul. And then we turn to the next page and it's a full page splash and it's a bus shot from the collarbone up basically of Cap's face. And he has a look of despair of, of realizing a, something that it, 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 it just sets with him. You know, he has that look of recognition of something horrible. Right. Yeah. And he thinks to himself, it's me. We cut to the next page and we see his thought bubbles as the hordes are approaching. I'm the problem. Without me, they have no enemies, no threats. I'm the only thing standing between them and a peaceful existence. Without me, they would have to find a new purpose, 
build a new civilization, begin anew. I'm fighting a losing battle. I can't fight them all. I can't defeat an entire world. They're no longer the monsters here. I am. And maybe the best thing I can do is stop. And Marcia says, what is it? What's happening? Why aren't you fighting them? The battle is over. And they won. No, no, they, they can't win. You can't let them win. You, you can't. They'll kill us. You can't let them kill us. And we see the look of rage on the skull's faces as they get closer. You have to fight them. You have to. Please. And she's begging. She's crying. And I don't want to die. And that's Steve snaps out of it. And he just starts punching and fighting back. And as he's doing that, at the bottom, there's Abe. And Abe's there, and he, he no longer has the red skull head. Now, he's hairless, but he's back to a human head. And he's holding Cap's shield. Captain America, hey, Cap, I have your shield. My shield? Abe. Okay, then. And he grabs Marsha, and he puts her on his back, and he travels down past all the skulls, knocking them down. One more time, a final push, one last fight for freedom. And he grabs the shield, and he starts throwing it around. One last battle for the human race. And he's just knocking them out, knocking them out one over another, another. Abe, it's you, you're, you're cured. You're the cure. Don't you see? Marsha never changed because she had your blood. I was cured because you stuck me with that metal shard that was in your leg. Your immunity to the plague is the key. Your blood is the cure. If my blood is the cure, then take it. Take it all. And he puts out his hand, giving his arm. If that's what it takes to win this battle and save mankind, I'm willing to make the ultimate sacrifice. The most heroic thing you can do is stay alive and keep producing that cure. There are a lot of people in this world. And if a drop of your blood is what it takes to turn all of these monsters back into men, it's going to take a lot more of it than the supply you have on hand. Time passes. And a bit by bit, day by day, ground is taken back. Humankind fights back. The New World Order is rounded up. Captured, cured, and put to work fighting for the common good. Guards are stationed to protect mankind's greatest champion and only hope. And although he doesn't dare risk his life in the battlefield, Captain America lives. And we cut to this inner room that's being guarded, and we see Cap there sitting. Uh, looks like maybe he, you know, he's got some, like his blood is being taken. And, and standing over him is Abe, the doctor. How are you feeling, Cap? Never better. Are you ready to give some more blood? I was born ready. This may sting a little. It doesn't hurt a bit. It feels like freedom. The end. Literally. 
Yes, literally. The end of the end. All right, Bob, thoughts on the story? Oh, you know, again, Rick, you know, it's one of those stories I think that uh, improves with repeated reading, right? Because I mm-hmm. read this when it came out and I, I was like, okay, okay, interesting. But I don't know, sometimes things age well, you know, and you go back and you read something and you get more out of it each time. And, mm-hmm. and this is one of those stories where I think it, it has a lot of different layers, right? You can enjoy it for what it is, a very entertaining, action-packed story. But it also, uh, there's a lot of moral lessons in here. And I think, you know, if I, I will talk to Eric, right? And I will ask, we'll ask him some of these questions, but I think there's a lot underneath the surface layer of this story that... Um, as a writer, as a, as a, as an illustrator, he wants us to take from the story. I'd be curious to see if he's willing to share that with us or, or if he's going to say, well, you know, this, this is the sort of thing where everybody gets something different out of a story. And Mm -hmm. and what you get out of the story is, is appropriate for you Mm -hmm. Uh, or or whether he's going to tell us what he was trying to tell us. Gotcha. Yeah. I can't wait to talk to him about it. Yeah. Um, I, and agree. I, I think I think the first time I read it, I was kind of like, oh, well, that was a fun tale. But as you know, I'm kind of going back and kind of examining it. There is a lot of cool things in here to, you know, some Easter eggs and stuff like that that we can kind of like talk with Eric about. Um, uh, all right. So let's get into favorite panel. All right, Bob. Uh, I have no idea who goes first. Well, I'll tell you, there's there's so many good ones, Rick. Uh, it it really is is uh, a, a tough choice. Um, I think for me. Oh, so you're going first? Okay. Okay. Right. Good. Just, right, um, sure. Yeah. You just, you just you go ahead. <laughs> I think for me, it's going to be that uh, that panel that I mentioned earlier that I thought was uh, an homage, homage to the 1999 Dynamic Forces Kirby Ross poster, mm. where Cap and Marsha okay. and Sarah and Abe are on that little raft paddling away in, in what appears to be New York Harbor. And, and you see the Red Skulls, you know, firing away at them with their machine guns. And there's that one looking back toward the reader, even as he's pointing toward uh, the, the, the fleeing group and, yeah. you know, and saying, get them! Um, that's, that looked to me as an homage. And, and I love, I love when artists do that. They slip things in that are, uh, mm-hmm. you know, um, are flashbacks to uh, other artists work or previous stories that they have done. So that's, that's going to be it for me. I like that. Good choice. Uh, and for those playing at home, it is page 15 panel three that Bob's referring to. All right. So for me, my favorite panel I'm going to have to go with, um, it is, uh, page 23 and it's panel three. So that is when he is carrying Marsha in his arms and he is jumping up and leading with the kicking and he's knocking like those four red skulls back because that, that's such a Kirby esque panel right Mm -hmm. there. Right. You know, um, it's probably not physically possible because if you are going up and you're doing a kick, you have absolutely no weight behind you when you're in the air, you know, uh, but it, it's a fantastical type of thing that a uh, very Kirby-esque. And uh, I just, I really, you don't see that type of panel. You don't see that kind of action in a Captain America comic very often. Right. And so when you do see it, it's like, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a great, good choice. Good choice. All right. What about, uh, what about t-shirt worthy? T-shirt worthy. Okay. 
I'm, I, you know, cause we could, we could do more than one panel. We do a t-shirt, right? Oh, sure. I, I want to get page five. Page mm. five was that one that is the nine panels are all the same size. And every one of them has Captain right. America yeah. fully battling and, you know, whether he's winning the fight or losing the fight, but it's, it's, it's a very, again, Kirby-esque type of, of layout and action. Uh, I think that would look cool on a t-shirt with all those panels and and the word balloons and, and the special effects, the sound effects and all that kind of stuff. That'd be cool right. to see. Yeah, that would be cool. That'd be cool. How about you? I, what are you, what are you with, putting on a t-shirt, Bob? I, I you know, mine is, uh, and I, I'm sorry, I don't have the page number here in front of me, but it's it's the one where at toward the end where he's standing on top, he's king of the mountain, right? He has the high ground, uh-huh. right? And uh, behind him is the smoldering wreck of the shield helic area. Uh, and you see the perspective behind him and on the sides where all the skulls are are, are boiling up the sides of, you know, sort mm-hmm. of a, what was that? What was that zombie movie, you know, Z or something, you know, where the, oh, yeah, yeah. The, the zombies are boiling up the side of the building. Right. And yeah. so, it, and he's got Marsha behind him and he's, he's, he's trapped nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. You know, their numbers are without end and he's fighting. Get back, you monsters, get back. I, I love that. It's a two thirds, you know, page splash. I think that would look awesome on a t-shirt. Yeah. And, you know, I'm just trying to make sure I have the same one because I, I'm the one I'm seeing. There is no helicarrier and he's not saying get back. It's the one where he's got all the thought balloons and going, I'm not, it's, the, I'm the problem. Is not that, this? not no? that. It's, it's, it's two pages before that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a cool one. Okay. Totally, totally agree. I think that'd make a cool t-shirt. All right, Bob, what's going in your time capsule? Well, gosh, uh, that's a a tough one in this this story, uh, Rick, because, uh, you know, it takes place in the future. So um, I don't know, but I, you know, maybe, uh, gosh, you know, I do like the design of the helicarrier in uh in this story and i might have mm-hmm. to go with that because it is a throwback to uh the older depictions of the helicarrier they've become so modernized particularly since um, um civil war in the mcu that now when you see the helicarrier depicted in in marvel comics it's usually a very sleek looks like a looks like a floating aircraft carrier mm-hmm. but but this is uh this is a throwback to the earlier designs that you saw in the late yeah 60s. the propellers yeah yeah you know and i so i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with the shield helicarrier design that's cool i like that uh, i'm gonna go with page nine panel two that is when we see for the first time this steve without his mask mm. and he's got the receding hairline it's white he's got all the wrinkles and um I don't know that panel, you know, certainly speaks to a time period in in this Steve's life, and uh, so that's going in my time capsule. Excellent, excellent. I, and I love to I love to see an uh, I love to see an older man. As the you want to you want to finish that sentence, Bob? I, I said I, I love to see an older man as the protagonist of a story, oh, okay. as a hero. So uh, you know, it's important that we have heroes we can identify with, Rick. I, 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 as every day I get closer to identifying every day. Um, all right, Bob. So, uh, that was a great issue. I, I, again, I'm hoping everybody gets an opportunity to actually go get the book. 
Um, you can, you can find it online. You know, it's a, it's a cool issue to have in your collection that you can get over, you know, read over and over again, uh, for something a little different. Um, I think it's, it's probably in some, uh, the end omnibuses or collections as well. Um, I'm certainly, I have my own copy, but I've been reading it here on, on Marvel unlimited. So you can always check that out too. And so I'm so excited to to talk with Eric next episode. So we'll come back for that. Um, and and all as always, Bob, it's been fun wrapping cap with you. I can't wait to, uh, as you said, I can't wait to dive in with Eric on this. So many great questions to ask him. And this is always so much fun, Rick. So I can't wait till next week. And next year. Right? Oh, yeah. Happy right. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk to you again for another year. Yes. Yes. See you next year, Bob. <laughs> All right. He's Bob Lucius. I'm Rick Verbonis, and you have been listening to another episode of the Captain America comic book fans podcast.